This is the whatever you say. This is the whatever you say podcast. Hey, fuck you, man! Who put this thing together? Me! That's who! Who do I trust? Me! All right, and we back like we never left. Whatever you say podcast. Finishing off this March month in grand fashion. Live in the Whatever You Say Studios. I am your man, Ivory Town. And listen, I got a special one, man. I got a kind of a local star. Believe it or not, you've seen this dude around. He's been on your TVs on important nights like game night. You know what I'm saying? A thunder game or something. If you made your way through the uh, Dead Center Film Festival, you might have seen a, a couple of this guy's short films. You might have seen him waving an award around or something, you know, representing for the OKC, doing his piece in this uh, this new art renaissance we got going through the city right now, man. And uh, we're going to get into his business a little bit. But first, let me let me uh, uh, offer up the uh, business side of things. Shout out to our sponsor, Cibo Alto. If you know, you know. Higher level cuisines, all the finest in your infused Foods and snacks, if you will. That's right. Check them out on IG, SIBO.Alto. Uh, and also, Covington Heat and Air. Shout out to my folks over there. Check them out on IG at Covington Heat and Air. And you know what? Give them a call. Let them know you listen to the show and that you want their services. 20% off your uh, heat and air unit checkup, just like that. Covington Heat in there. Check them out on IG and tell them Ivory Town sent you. Now, to the show, Whatever You Say podcast. Welcome live in the studio, actor extraordinaire, Mr. Josiah Overstreet. What's up with it, King? How we doing? Was that a long enough intro, man? Supreme, supreme, supreme. I didn't give you what I wrote down, but you did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you stepping in, man. Um... You know, you artsy dudes, y'all are always busy out there, man. Hey, the only way to eat, man, is to be in the street. You know that. You in this acting game pretty heavy, man. Um, you've done some commercials for The Thunder, Chesapeake, and Paycom. Yeah. I've seen you, you and your folks making your moves out there in the Dead Center Film Festival. Um, how long have you been doing this, man, and, and what made you want to get into acting? Well, uh, man, you know. You've known me a while. We we go back. I've known and, this dude for a minute. And uh, so I've, I've definitely, I've been doing it, the acting side of it, maybe about nine years now, eight or nine years, and just been super blessed around here in the Oklahoma City area. I mean, probably more than I should be, but I ain't going to complain about it. I'll take it. <laughs> but I've been entertaining my entire life, man. Like, so this boy, boy been clowning for a minute, huh? My whole family back in Mississippi, just I'm the least of the, of the tribe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like most of them cats, you can't sit around. They they have you laughing so hard and blowing snot. But so it's natural. It's pretty much. I just I took it and and tried to do something with it to where nobody else. I don't want to say had the courage for. I just say the patience. To be able to keep going, you know. Whatever you say. Because, I mean, it's more than just acting like somebody else. <laughs> it is. It's, right? I mean. It is. Um, 
it is a it takes a true talent because what you're doing is and it's not even I'm going to correct that right now so we won't keep saying that because that's not a word I like to use or call myself an actor. I'm a reactor because if you think about it, I have to wait until the person across from me gives me something to work off of and then react to. Uh So if I act first, then you look like the rest of these guys out here on TV who's acting as opposed to waiting to get a cue from someone and then reacting. It makes it much more organic when you do it that way. So I'm a reactor in either way it go. So I, I, choose, I choose this medium too because it's the easiest way to tug on people's emotions. Okay. You can make them laugh and smile. The visual, the audio. And not just that, just with your facial. You don't yeah. even really have to say two words. As a human being, if you know other humans, you know that the wink of an eye is going to solicit some type of response if you do it to a man or a woman or a child. Right. So right. each one of those is three different categories of a wink, I hope. You know, I hope you ain't winking at no child like you're winking right. at a woman. Right. But you but right. you get what I'm saying. And you have to break everything down like that. When you do that, it's going to allow you to be able to shift people's emotions, which is what makes for a good reactor. I like the way you broke that down, a reactor. That means your acting prowess can can go in and out in, in any genre of movie, huh? In anything, anywhere, any, any, any direction. Any commercial. I mean, but as of right now, I mean, we're, we're doing, you know, this is a business and we're just trying to climb our way up. How'd you get started in the business side of it and with the commercials and, and things like that? It was, it was through basically connecting and networking through the classes and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, the direct casting directors, they see something in you. They say something to you, and that is wasn't just me. It's pretty much everybody who's in the industry. the The key is is when you recognize what they recognize, and you're able to put it together. Right. Because a lot of times we can't see something in ourselves that other people can see, and and that's what it was for me, because I thought I was just a stand up comedian, until. You know, someone told me that being a comedian is like being in the deepest depths of acting because you have to pretty much go through every emotion, you know, and you have to, in order to get people to laugh, you got to hit them at home. Now, we're talking comedic acting or we're talking stand-up comedy? No, if you can do stand-up comedy, you can act. Right. For the simple reason is, is you if say. you get people to laugh at you, you know how to pull <laughs> on their emotional strings. Okay. And so... Whether it's a comedic acting or a dramatic acting, you can still act because you know how to solicit a response out of people. Once you can draw that energy and that response out of people, it actually, it really, it's empowering. And so when you take that from the stage to in front of the camera, the biggest difference is you just give them a little, a whole lot less. You don't, you're not so boisterous. Right, right. Because when you, less when, is when more you, when, when you're on the movie set. Yes. As opposed to, to, to stand-up comedy. W- were you funny, man? What's up with the comedy? What, what kind of 
we knee slapping funny or what kind of what kind of comedy we're talking about here? I, I wasn't knee slapping. I you know I've I've heard some guys out there that have you really. We physical. We dancing around and all that. It, yeah, a little physical, a little yeah. dancing. More, I, I had I had some content as well. It was more on the relational side, but since you know they started canceling people, I had to drop a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I bet that. I mean, because one thing I, I I watch a lot of I watch a lot of stand up comedy. I'm still a fan of it, and I love these little documentaries about comedy that's that's been coming out. Um, with the with the whole cancel culture. You know, and I always say comedy is probably the last piece of entertainment medium where you get like some real truth and and, and you get to hear with some people's minds. You that's know, that's why they're that's why they're attacking it. Right, and and so with that being said, what's what's a stand-up com- comedian do? I've heard so many comedians say, "I'm done with it." You know, I know Damon Wayans, even though I, he came through Oklahoma City a few months ago, but I've heard so many comedians, so many stand-up comedians who made their hay in that field say, man, I just, I can't do it no more. I, you can't say anything. And that's the reason why though, because you got to think about the person that you're talking about. The yeah. reason he is a comedian is because he is too open and too honest. <laughs> right. And so if you're not going to allow him to do that to the best of his ability, he's not going to be able to give you what you're looking for anyway. It's like Andre 3000. They asked him if he would rap again. You're such a great rapper. He said he never will because right. You know, the, it's called hip-hop for a reason. You know, you got to be hip in order to, to be involved in it anymore. And at his age, <laughs> he doesn't feel like he's hip anymore. Some of you old niggas <laughs> didn't get this. Some of you old niggas still out there swearing you. Nah. Fighting in the club. Nah, fall back. <laughs> Fight. Fall back. But I'm I, honestly, I I think that I think things are, are probably we're going to go through a rough time, but I think they'll probably get back on track. I really believe if we can get the music back to where we need it, because like we were talking about before we came on air, especially with our people, uh-huh. if we can get the music back to where we were talking about love and unity, like I think we could get back there because like now you listen to some of the stuff on the radio, it's literally a, Everything about nothing right. is what they're talking about. Yeah. But you think about the stuff that that people had, the music they had to make that that was good. It, it needed some type of life struggle. And these kids nowadays, I don't feel like they got no struggle. They, yeah, I mean, it, you, you know, everything you is everything is technical. Everything <laughs> is right now. Uh, you can get to any piece of information you want. And think about it. You know, it's think about it. Any great piece of music. Every great piece of music that's come is come out of pain. Yeah. Look, Tina Turner, pain. Yeah. Michael Jackson, that boy went through some pain. <laughs> and I think right now it's confusion. And that music sounds different. Music out of confusion sounds a little different than music out of pain. And music out of love. Yep. Music yes, out of confusion. Sir. It's it, you know it has a little bit of everything in it, right? And that's that's kind of, that's one thing I'll say about music. It, it's a little bit of everything just thrown in there, and just you know you don't get you don't sit down in the studio and vibe with your with your with your fellow artists anymore. You email and send everything. You know you don't get you don't 
you want to work with Erica Badu, you need to go sit down in that studio and smell them incense. And music is don't be is emailing mat- her no vo- no verse. Music is mathematical. <laughs> it can't you can't have confusion within mathematics. There you go. Mathematics is a definite. It is, it's and an so exact. they're not they ain't, they're not intentional about it anymore. You just somebody will put down a beat like you said, and then somebody in in uh, Saskatchewan, Canada, <laughs> right. <laughs> With but, a name that rhymed with ache. But come on, Joe. When we was younger, we ain't want to hear that stuff either. You, you, you know, right. We didn't want to hear that stuff that the, the other uh, older generation was talking about. Well, but now you want to hear it, though. You see the difference? Let's talk about some of these, these milestones you've hit here in OKC. Uh, we brought up the Dead Center Film Festival. It's an uh, entertainment, movie-making kind of phenomenon that's taken over OKC the last few years. You've already racked up a few uh, a few awards, man. What are some of those films that uh, that caught folks' eyes back then? Yeah, we had a uh, the Office case. I did with probably hands down one of the best crews I've ever worked with. Uh-huh. Um, I wish I could name everybody, but if I start naming some and can't name the other ones, I don't <laughs> want to disrespect nobody. But you know who you are. Uh, I mean, we probably won just about every award that they had for the thing, I got a best actor out of it and really? uh, best supporting actor uh, at, at another film festival as well. But yeah, dead center is really starting to blow up around here, man, around Oklahoma city. And it's given so many small artists the opportunity to be seen. Yeah. Cause a lot of times you can make a movie and, and people will never even see it. I mean, you can make a movie on your phone. Right. As long as you got the fortitude to stick with it and get it done. I mean, really, if you got somewhere to show it, most times there's somebody who want to see the movie. Mm-hmm. There's eight, almost 8 billion people on the planet. So there is enough people that think like you. You just have to, to have the stick-to-itiveness and, and the fortitude to move forward and continue, and, and don't be scared. Well, that's a bar right there, folks. There's enough people that think like you. Believe it or not, there's 8 billion people. That, that was, uh, I think a lot of people like to hear stuff like that, man, especially people in that artist realm, you know, people in the arts like that where, you know, not many pats on the back. No, it You ain't. know, in, in, that, in that artist kind of coming up from the ground <laughs> up type world. You don't and, get and many telling, rewards. And telling people there's, a lot, there's enough people that think like you, believe it or not. People it, will pay for for your talent, but you gonna have to believe they'll pay for it first. Right. That's one of the that's one of the the hardest things I have found. And don't be afraid to put your price tag on that thing. Hey, <laughs> you can't. It's hard to talk other artists into that. I've had other artists that have, yeah. have literally we've almost gotten into a fight because I told him about the value of, of himself that he didn't even believe. So it's it's hard to get somebody to. Uh, most times artists to believe that. Yeah. I think, you know, one artist that, that's kind of, you know, really spearheading a whole little movement with that type of thinking. And I know that's, you know, it's not like it's anything new, but this guy's kind of at the pinnacle of, of confidence in yourself, no matter how silly you look and, you know, how silly you sound. But Kanye West, um, I know it's two totally different mediums. But, you know, what kind of influence in, in have you seen in that acting realm and just the artist uh, world and just as a whole 
with folks with that type of thinking, not even talking about his type of talent, but just I can do this. I'm not scared to do this. I'm not scared to say this. And you know what? Uh, I'm pretty good at it at that. You have a few of those that are allowed to be out there. Um, Does that help in, in your in your in your world in, in the movie making world? Does that even help? Uh, not for business purposes. <laughs> I'm about to say, sounds like that doesn't really help. You can make a lot of friends, <laughs> but you're not gonna probably get a lot of money when you when you're on that level. So you do have to be careful. But in saying that, you got to be realistic. Also, um, as a black man, you you really got to understand a lot of things in the industry. But the number one thing you need to understand is. You gotta be business professional at all times, and if you don't watch it, there's somebody watching you at all times. And a lot of times, when you get started in anything, you what don't you, you know you don't know the etiquette. Right. So you're feeling your way through it, and we don't have that opportunity to feel our way through it. You screw up in this industry, and it's big enough, and it ain't even gotta be big. And they, nobody else will deal with you, man. They won't deal with you. That's why even when you don't know somebody looking, you need to be making sure you got your ass on tight. Yeah. And your lips tucked in so they don't look too big. And, <laughs> you know, but. I, 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 hear, I hear you, though. I hear you. And as a black actor in a red state, you know, let's keep it real. I mean, you, you know, and it's acting, it's. Quote, unquote, I know it's no matter whether it's local or national or whatever, we're talking about Hollywood and we're talking about, you know, trying to rub elbows and get to that level. There is an etiquette that that is expected that, yeah, we, as I throw air quotes, quotes around it, we don't know about. We're not privy to it. Um, how difficult is that? Is that just to, to kind of find out on the go? It's no difficult than, you know, figuring out that you're not going to get that raise that you was promised, you start to get used to it, you know, and I have a lot of, a lot of homies that's white, love them to death. Right. And I have nothing but love for them or any other race and in, including my own. But the truth of the matter is they don't understand why we are the way we are, why we, we react the way we react. And, my basic statement to them in the end to squelch the conversation is that you really got to be it to see it because I'll never know what it's like to be white. I'll never know what it's like to wake up without a care in the world, you know, because I'm always under fire. You'll never know what it's like to wake up under fire every day. Uh So I don't judge them for that though. I look at it in a position of, I wish they would, you know, come aboard in my way of thinking, and maybe I could meet them in the middle, but without a conversation, that ain't going to happen. For us to continue to just, you know, have you push your agenda, me push my agenda, and nobody is willing to move, then it's going to stay the same. And as a black man, I understand it's going to stay the same because I'm always the one that seems to be willing to move, if that makes sense. Hey, man, you have to be willing to be mobile, to be flexible, to be nimble uh, as a as a, a African-American uh, trying to move in this world, especially in the arts 
where there are no rules. Right? No no rules, no degree you got to have, no... Well, actually, no. there is a rule. It's the golden rule. Be good? No, the man mm-hmm. with the gold rule. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, I, I feel you. If you want to get something made, who got the money? Okay, well, he, he called the shots. But I'm saying as far as what what's considered good, bad art, good art, it's it's all in the, in the eye of the beholder, am I, am I right? Yeah, that's subjective. I mean, because right? You- so there is no degree there is no degree that you can get to make you a good actor make you a good artist it's just you know what i feel at the time is is nice and you know that's what i'm going with so in a world like that where there are no guidelines yeah you got to know how to be flexible and nimble out here man and like i say as a a black actor in this red state how many of you are there out there as i act like he's an alien or something how many how many black actors actresses are out there trying to trying to do that same thing. I mean, I know you can't put an exact number on it, but have you come across a lot? Do you got, ha, guys have the same stories? Um, my age, maybe five, four to five tops really? that I've seen. I don't... Your age, how old are you? I'm 38. Really? And you say four to five tops? Oh, no, I'm 48. Damn. 48. I'm loving me today, ain't you? <laughs> you see, I wasn't going to say that. I See, I wasn't going to say nothing, man. Hey, <laughs> I'm riding with you, man. I ain't going to blow your top. What are you talking but about? But you down there blew yours. I looked at your face and you made it. <laughs> but you say, I mean, really, there's you not, say? you say four to five tops. Yeah. And there's a lot I'm of sure, younger. I'm sure a lot more younger, right? Yeah, yeah. they're starting yeah. to come up because they see the opportunity, you know. And, and I've been talking to them and they, they're really some really good black actors coming up, thank goodness, because... A lot of the ones that are my age, they won't take advantage of it. And it's just, they're they waiting. But you can also see why they won't take advantage of it because you have to have a certain demeanor about you in this industry. There's certain stuff you have to be willing to take. I mean, and then there's also things that you got to be willing to stand for. So it's it's almost like it's politics. So it's a give and a, a, a yeah. take. And where you choose to exercise those politics, it determines your success and your failure. Because sometimes you can go and you can say no to something that makes totally sense, total good sense to you. Mm-hmm. But it looks different in the eyes of other people. Because I say this and preference this. I have no problems with homosexuality I don't I believe that people are made the way they are right. if you can make somebody skinny make somebody fat there, there are a trillion variations of a human that could come out so I don't have any doubt about it but as for my kids and what I want them to see me doing I won't do homosexuality on screen because it is not what I truly have faith in and yeah. knowing where my energy lies. So I don't invest in it. So what do you say to those who, who attack you because you're not taking, you know, the art seriously and, and you got to be really willing to, to, to dive deep into that, into that mind. If you really want to be the best you can as an actor and you know, all that, all that super actor talk. What, I mean, this. I Have you say, ever been a tr- approached with that? I say no, no, because no one has the courage to say it to you. But <laughs> right. if they would, I would basically say to them, 
to thine own self be true. True. You have to wake up with you in the morning. And if I don't get that check, you know what? I was going to spend that money anyway. <laughs> so that money going to be gone and I'm going to still have to wake up to that sunshine tomorrow. And when I do, I want to make sure I don't need no umbrella from that. So everything I do, I try. And I mean, this has been from the beginning of my acting career. And I I don't have the the wherewithal or the, the status to say, this is what I want. But I won't even take the role if I don't agree with it. And a lot of people don't understand that, but I'm not going to even go down that road. Those actions of me denying those roles lead you to understand that this is who this person is. And if not, then you can ask me and I'll, I will tell you. Gladly, huh? In a business professional manner. <laughs> Josiah Overstreet, folks. Actor extraordinaire here in the OKC area. I saw you acting. It was called Price of Fame. Yes. And you were playing Prince's father? Yes, John L. Nelson. Come on, man. Tell me about this one right here. That, uh, that one was, that was a really cool project. I got to meet a lot of his old band members, you know, and, and actually. Was this a full-on, full-length no, it was uh, it was just a documentary. Okay, and uh, I had I had some really nice roles in it, but the most important part was the documentary. It was right after Prince had died, and uh-huh. that was that was one of my top artists, even over Michael Jackson, because you know Prince played all of his own instruments, right, did his right. own dancing and singing. Mike did the singing and dancing, but Prince did everything. Everything, yeah. And yeah. and Prince didn't really like Mike and. I kind of like that about him. You know, he wasn't <laughs> right. no ass kisser. Can I say ass? Yeah, you can say whatever. Okay. But whatever you say, man. Whatever yeah, he was And so, in that sense, you know, being the rebel <laughs> and the underdog, I I appreciated him. And so, when I got called for that, man, it was a privilege to me. And so, I did my research on his dad, grew my hair out and my mustache, and you know what, well, a crustache, because you know it won't grow too long. <laughs> <laughs> but really got into the role, man. How and tall, now, Prince was 5'4". How tall was his daddy? You you look too tall for that. Well, for that they role. got ways of fixing that. They just made <laughs> Prince a little taller and made me a little bit taller <laughs> and fixed all of that. But, but but what I saw, man, you, you did a hell of a job, and it looked like a pretty cool production, man. Yeah, I, it, it was, you know, every production I do, is better than the last one because I take the appreciation that I could not never do this again. Like this could be the last time, even right. though I only ever started out wanting to do a commercial. That's the only thing I ever wanted. I didn't even want to act. Like I just wanted to be on a commercial and see myself on, like literally I didn't even care about getting the dollar for it or nothing. And things just started going and going. And I was like, that's kind of crazy. You know, I, man, I I was in I was in uh, broadcasting school with this guy, and I always knew you saw the charisma right away. You saw the personality, and he was goofy, and but I didn't think like acting like real deal, like drama acting. But it just goes to show, you know, what was this? Almost fifteen twenty years ago. Yeah. I mean, this just goes to show, you know, you never know what's in somebody. You know, you never know what's deep in there, and. If you just, you know, kind of get in that, around that right environment and kind of shoot them in that right direction, you know, boom. You know, you never know what, what, what could come out of it, man. And this guy is over here, full-fledged acting, folks, winning awards, man. I'm proud man, of you, dude. you know, the, the, the crazy part about it is, is when I was doing the comedy, my sister, 
gave me a statement. She said, well, maybe you should move to acting. She, and I was just like, well, I like comedy. She said, but it's not doing what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You've been doing it for seven, eight years, and you ain't nowhere where you said you were going to be. And, you know, your plan needs to, to match what you said. And so she was right. And so I kept doing comedy, and she said, why don't you, you know, keep at your acting? And I was... I just told her, you know, I ain't so sure about that. She was like, well, then don't do it then because you ain't going to do it if you ain't sure about it. So what she told me was is, you know who you are. Mm -hmm. That's some crazy stuff is because, like I was telling you earlier, a lot of times we don't don't really think of who we are in this whole scheme of things until someone else says, hey, this is what I see in you. And so... When she said that, it it kind of pinged me like, yeah. you know, I could I could probably do that and yeah. and basically just I listened to what somebody else told me about myself, and I that's a piece of advice I give to other people. Don't let nobody down you, you know. But if somebody tell you they see something great in you, don't stop them. You take that and ride with it, and it might not be for you, but it's gonna probably lead you to something greater. I had to get it. Somebody told me that. Quit being so damn modest, man. You know what I'm saying? Take that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Take 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 that love right there somebody's passing you, man, and and, and take heed to it, you know? Don't just say, I, you know, I thank, it, thank them for it, but, you know, don't just, you know, pass it off like it ain't nothing, especially if you know deep down there's something you got an interest in anyway. Man, diamonds come in many forms. There you go. There they you just, go. They ain't just got to be shiny. So I mean, really, the, the acting part—that's that's when it hit. At that part, you you're fully grown up, grown male at this point. As, as a kid, it, it wasn't, or was it comedy first? Well, it was. Well, I'll go back. It was as a kid, but I never had that psych, psycho mentality yeah. that you have to have to be an actor. It didn't come until I was older. And when I say by a psycho is. You really got to be crazy to think that you can be one of the best of anything in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to take an attitude, and when people tell you no, you got to get dyslexic and turn it to own. And really, it is psychotic because I have set up and I've told myself, nobody's better than you. And I've watched guys walk out of the room in, in, a, in an audition, and they will pass me. Why are they passing me? I'm shaking like, oh, shit. <laughs> Bruce Davis just got through auditioning. Uh-huh. And I watch him, you know, and then I go in my head like, but he can't touch you. Right. And I go right back into that mind state. Get your mama mentality going. It is, and it's, it's, it's almost psychotic to where you have to put yourself. And it can weigh on you. If you don't know how to separate from it properly. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. And that is what really makes the difference. (laughs) That's what separates somebody from being successful and somebody who is talented, but they can't find a way to get over that breach and make it in. Because there's two parts to every human, bro. There's your physical and there's your spiritual. You have to break free from that physical nature because it's selfish by nature and you can't go in that direction. The greatest thing in the universe, and I'm going to say this so everybody hear me and I'm going to say this for real. The greatest thing in the universe is love. 
But how can you love anything when you're under fire, under pressure all day, every day like we are? You got to get separation from self. And the best way to do that is through meditation. Mm -hmm. It's like wearing a Spider-Man suit, man. If you got that suit on all the time, you're going to think that suit is a, a part of you. If you wearing it every day, you remember how in Venom it just stuck to him, couldn't right. get it off. Right. It's a part of you at that point. You got to separate from that, and within that separation is rejuvenation. So when you rejuvenate your spirit, which is your energy, you can get back in the fight. How long have you been meditating? Been about four years now. Yeah. Yep, and I'm I'm getting better at it. I'm practicing, and I'm getting way better at it. I liken it to praying, and I can't lie. I'm praying, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking of something else. It is my lack of being focused on one square thing, was that mess up my meditation? No, because like I told you, it's a practice. And the truth of the matter is, is you can't tell the brain to forget something. Right. It only multiplies. The brain never subtracts. Because you can't walk in a dirty alley and be like, oh, that's disgusting. I don't want to remember that. Because the memory you say that, I mean, the minute you say that, you just said it. You just remembered it. So Mm -hmm. all you have to do is when you're meditating, let the thought come and dismiss it through your breath. Once you start meditating, you're going to get there through breathing. You just sit there and listen to your heartbeat. Even if you have to hold your ears closed and you you'll start to hear a small doop, 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 and a yeah, yeah. And once you hear that, you will literally feel your body. It's like you took this suit off. And when you do that, you allow yourself to not be involved with what's going on right now. And what I've been told is at that point, when you are at a total meditation point is when you are able to be what is described in the Bible as God in you. Let me say this, and it's going to sound silly. I'm not trying to be silly. Whatever you say. But everything you just described, kind of leaving my body, (laughs) hearing my heartbeat, thinking something, running through my brain and breathing it out, that's the exact same way I feel when I'm high. Can I just, I mean, is that the similar, similar state? You can, but the thing of it is, is that. And I just bought a bed, a memory foam bed. So imagine that. So I smoke a joint. I'm laying in the bed. My body's gone. It's, out, it's, it's off the bed now. I can hear something. I can hear my body beating. I'm breathing. I mean, you know, I'm, it's. It's similar. Sounds stupid, but I mean, it's no, it does. It's very similar to what you just described. The state in which you choose to get there is on each individual. Now, but the truth of the matter is, is you don't even have to smoke marijuana like we do, yeah. because the fact that you can get high off of it means that you have the receptors in your brain. So my question to you is: Is where did the receptors come from? They're already there, because you can release these chemicals in your brain through meditation. And what does this do for your acting? It it literally transcends you. That's why I win the awards. <laughs> because, Word be, and no, because he said, he said, that's why I got a that's why I got a trophy case. Hey, the, and the simple <laughs> fact is, it'll 
once, like I told you, once I'm able to go in, regenerate my energetic forces, mm-hmm. I can get back in the fight. Everybody else is depleted. And you can see it. You know it when you're around them. You don't even want to exchange with them. You don't want to react with right. them. I mean, you know when you're around, there's people you can't be around. Right. Then there's people that give you energy when you're around them because they're a reactor, just yeah. like a nuclear reactor. So in either form, I'm going to give you energy. Hey, them boys come out of Mississippi know some stuff, man. Josiah Overstreet. Director, writer. Is that what, that's what's next, right? We were talking before we started. That's, what, that's what's next. On the uh, on the rap sheet, we 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 writing, we directing, we we got to call Bill Cosby, get some money up in there, and yeah, we we uh we might have to get Bill on the phone. You know, he in turmoil right now. It's easy to catch him <laughs> when they got something going on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bill loved to uh, he loved to uh, to bankroll a movie or something. I bet know? he w- I bet he would. I'm gonna holler at you in a minute, there, though, William. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I've. Uh, I've been I've always been a writer, you know, we used to write in class and yeah, everything, man. but it's just always been something I've loved and when I finally got the courage to uh uh a colleague of mine, Chris Oz, young guy, but you know, you can learn from some something from everybody. No doubt. He ba- basically gave me a kick in the pan because I was always talking about I'm gonna gonna gonna. Mm-hmm. And I've always had these grand ideas and he basically said like, what are you waiting on? And I was like, well, I don't have this. I don't have that. He right. was like, have you written a movie yet? I was like, no. He said, well, then shut your damn mouth and write the freaking movie. <laughs> right. And when he said that, there was just something that he's like, he slapped me in the face and said, get off your ass and write the movie. And I wrote the movie, bro. And now I got investor. He's ready to shoot the movie. He's actually rushing me to shoot the movie, and I'm trying to make the script perfect. Look and it that. don't have to be because all I need is the characters and the words. But I want to make sure when I put it out there, it's professionally done and it's received by everybody professionally because that's how I want to be seen in the industry. That, but Whatever you know you what? And everything you just des- described, I'm kind of going through <laughs> the same thing with this podcast, man. And, you know, and like you, you're up against 11 million scripts, right? Go, you, uh, there's 100 million people out there trying to do the same thing you're doing. I always say, uh, you know, I'm right here in the middle of this pissy podcast puddle. You know, there's, <laughs> there's 100 million of them going right now. Um, so you want to you present it the right way. You want it to, to, to be different, to look different, to be presented how you want it. But also what you described, that can be the biggest shot in the foot is that you're so worried about having everything lined up right, having the perfect equipment, having the the perfect artist, and rolling it out the right way that essentially you'll never get started. Yes. Right? Battling that thing right there is is something that I think everybody right now, especially the generations right now, and especially old older folks like ourselves who we're still young enough to know what's happening and, and you know, we we know how to use this phone, we know how to use a computer. Our generation started this computer thing. Um, but uh, we're not in it like that. You know, we're not tight. We're not uh, we're not doing videos and TikToking and stuff like that. Um, we still want to promote it and do our stuff the old school way. 
You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, I think a lot of us are kind of right there in that middle ground. We don't want to commit ourselves too much to this social media goofy stuff, but we understand that you got to use it to get your stuff off the ground. And like you say, at some point, hey, man, you got to scrap all that stuff to the side and just get started with what you have, man. Yes. Getting started is the hardest part of anything. Yeah. And once you do, though, and like you said, in the in this piss puddle <laughs> is life. Because the puddle ain't, it ain't dried up yet. Yeah, nah. It could possibly rain in this piss puddle and you could end up in a river. <laughs> and you can't even taste the piss no more. Nah. <laughs> you know? So... You so numb to it. Yeah, as long as you as long as you make your way back to the ocean, man. Yeah. That's our whole life. I mean, really. That's that's our whole life is to make it back home. So however you get there, brother, you got to go that way and but you got to go in the flow. You can't fight it. So in this podcast game, you're in the right lane. Because you love what you do. I know you do. I've seen you do it forever, and you're good at it. All you got to do is, like I said, let the repetition be the mother and the father to success. Yeah. And just keep hitting them over the head with it. Because you're giving it to them. But a lot of times, it takes people time to hear stuff, man. It just does. That's how life travels at a certain speed. And sometimes you're ahead of it. Imagine if social media really gave your your show to all your really all your followers. They will <laughs> if you pay for them. Imagine if they really did. Yeah, if you pay for them. If you can get enough. Well, see, here's the thing: if you can get enough YouTube views to warrant Facebook paying you. No, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. But yeah. even within YouTube, there's a purchase because they're not going to just let you go out there and be seen by right. everybody just easily like that. No. Real quick, um, what kind of actor are you, man? Are you are you a, you know, I, I, you always hear. I'm not an actor. Reactor. <laughs> I mean, let me correct. Let me get that. What kind of reactor are you? You always hear method. You know, somebody who goes and lives on Skid Row so they can learn how to be a homeless man. You know, it's like like, are you going that far with it, or improv is your thing? You know I, I mean? am. I am a reactor. So give me the script and. Let me see who I'm who I'm basing this off of. Let me see my co co uh, co star, and and then and then you'll get me. Well, the the way I do it is I'm every character when I get the script. You go over everybody's line. Yes, and that's it. What, that's it's what Will Smith said he did. Way. It's so, easier because once you learn the motivation in the script, yeah, you don't even have to have the whole script to know how it's going to end. Yeah, yeah, because. Yeah. And then once you know know a, a motivation, it comes to muscle memory. How well have you learned the script? How many times have you read the lines? How well do you know this script? So mm-hmm. it changes with me. I'm I am a method actor, but I will not ever sleep on no damn skid row. <laughs> My back is too bad. But yes, I am method. Yeah. It, it's really hard for me to to do it outside of that because at that point now I, or I'm a method reactor, but after that, once you get into that point, you now have to create a process of getting out of character because what you don't realize is that really a thing. Yes. Well, what, what I found and I'm being honest with what 
I found mm -hmm. is life is energy. All life is energy. Everything is energy. In order to be a different energy, you have to allow that energy into yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and people call it demons or whatever, but it, I don't believe that. I believe that we live in a big primordial soup in this universe and whatever energy flow you flow at comes back to you. So and if you can find that flow of that character, I can go super happy and talk super fast or I can get my voice way down, real deep, mm -hmm. talk really slow and use my eyes and my eyebrow and change the whole scene mm -hmm. with the exact same line. But it's what are you going to do that's going to determine what I'm going to do. So I'm fluent. You know, you're talking about, you know, energy coming back and around, coming back around to you. I always tell my kids, I, I, I could be telling them something absolutely wrong, but in that same analogy, I always say, hey, man, that's why the earth, that's why the, 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 the earth is round. And that's why it spins. Mm -hmm. And that's why it rotates as it spins. It, you're destined. It's destined to come back around. Right. That's why that's why we just, folks was got through, just got through saying 2020 was like the 60s all over again. Cause we is destined to come back around if we can keep doing stuff the same way. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Energy is, is, is nonstop. And say. yeah, and these planets and this earth, it spins and it, it <laughs> rotates and it's a sphere, a sphere for a reason. It's you alive. Know? Yeah, it's, it's alive and it's going to come back to you, man. As far as the method acting. Give me a, an example of you going to go get into a get ready for a particular character. You ever played a, 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 a army sergeant and had to go do some boot camp or? Actually, the um, the DC sniper. I ah. did. I did some research on him. That, I think that's why. Um, you did. I, I remember that one. You did. What was the name of that one? Um, it was uh, Murder Made Me Famous. Murder Made Me Famous. I yep. do. I remember that one, too. And, uh, and you look just like the D.C. John sniper. L. Yeah, John L. Muhammad. Yeah, they God thought so, too. Damn, you do. You look just like the, the, the damn. Yeah, and, you know, I did the research on him. And all the way back to when he was in the, the, in, uh, in the Caribbean, when he picked that boy up. Uh -huh. And I think that's kind of what, what got me that role. Is because of the research I did. Is nobody knew a lot of the stuff I knew whenever they did the audition. I incorporated the things that I did the research on in the audition. Cause he was a Marine or something, wasn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Navy SEAL, something like that. Yeah. And I, I incorporated the outfit in my audition, the same haircut in my audition. Okay. I looked at his picture, and I matched it. And you know what what a thumbnail is, right? Right. I made sure that that's what showed up on my audition. And so that's another thing for actors to understand. If you're doing a character piece and you can, you can kind of match the character look, let that be your thumbnail. So that be the first thing they see when your picture come up, they can go, Oh, if you want something, any advantage you can get to capture these people, give them a face. Cause they're looking at a thousand people a minute. man. So, so don't give them just a smile. Your regular 
driver's license face. No. You want you to give him a character face. You want that character face. That's what you you want it. That's some game, y'all. That's some game. Don't be so oh my my headshot looks funny. It's look now nah, you want it to give it some personality. And you don't even it doesn't even have to be the headshot. If you know you're getting ready to do a role with the way these cameras are nowadays, you can take your own picture and let that be well, and, and see, it won't even be a headshot because when you're doing your self-tape on your demo, uh-huh. you got to do that recording. And the thumbnail comes from where you put that line at, that edit line. Wherever that edit line goes on your video, that's the first picture that pop up. Okay. So if if your picture is like this and the thumb, the, the edit line is halfway in between pictures and you look like this, <laughs> that's the first picture they going to see. Yeah. So you want to scroll down and do the editing. That's some game, y'all. And hit that thumbnail right where you want to show that character piece. And that's the advantage. That's how I get a lot of my roles. Give me an example of an audition. You just, you killed it. And you knew you did. I went in for an audition for one role. And I thought I did a good job mm. for the role. And then... The casting director sits back, puts his hand on his cheek, and he says, huh. And he says, stay right there. Mm-hmm. He came back. He had 10 pages in his hand. He said, I, I got you in mind for something else. I looked at it, and uh, it was it was for the role of Bass Reeves. You know who Bass Reeves is? No, who was that? He was the first black U.S. Marshal. Okay, word. That's who they fashioned the Lone Ranger after. But they made him white. But Bass Reeves was black. He was a slave who beat up his slave master and ran away into the, the mountains during the uh, the Civil War. Okay. Whatever you say. And uh, you say. he was out there catching criminals in the Indian <laughs> Territory when all of the white boys was fighting away at the Civil War. So... He pretty much had had to run at the Indian territory. The white boys couldn't go out there. So when Civil War was over, they still couldn't go out there. Okay. And they had to have somebody to go get these people. It was him. He was a genius, man. And they had me read this role. I walked in. I didn't even know who he was until he gave me the script and I went home and did my research. But when I saw it was a cowboy, he was, I didn't even know he was black. But I saw he was a cowboy (laughs) movie. So... He told me, you got five minutes, go learn those 10 pages, come back. I went out, because I had training and he knew it. I went out, learned the 10 pages. I went back in there I, and I gave this man a performance. I spit on the floor, man. <laughs> you know how cowboys do? Uh-huh. He was reading his lines and, uh-huh. and I, you know, <laughs> he's trying to convince me of something and I just... Spit right on the floor, man. Ding. Hey, right on the floor. <laughs> Got the roll. Now give me the opposite. Give me a bad audition example. I went to a Nike audition. Oh, shit. It was one of my first ones. Hey, shoot for the stars, man. Hey, I'm yes. Do this Nike thing. Yes. <laughs> but see, what I didn't know is you're not supposed to take props into an audition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had on shoulder pads, uh-huh. helmet, pants. 
Hey, I was the only one. It's Nike. In I know y'all need a football player, right? What <laughs> bullshit, bro? You talk about an idiot. I mean, I, how, how was they looking at you, man? Everybody in the lobby was laughing, bro. I was thinking, yeah, you keep laughing. Yeah, I'm gonna stand out. Yeah. Boy, I I went back to the class of the guy who gave the audition, and he looked at me like, like nigga, you did what? I know you wasn't in class that day, but you never, ever bring props to an audition. Yeah. I was like, well, I know that shit now, though. They'll have everything they need for you. Man. They want you to answer the phone. They'll have a phone Boy, you should have saw them folks' face when I walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I looked look like somebody slapped the hell out of one of them, and then the other ones was surprised. Like, look at this nigga! Like he just hell? insulted Ray. <laughs> we can't believe he did that. But you know that was that was something that stuck me, and it was pain. And pain is the best way to learn. How was that walk out? Was that was it, was it an embarrassment? Was it kind of? Oh no! I'm, la- was, I'm laughing it off. Hey uh, now. Nah. I was a mother-loving man when I walked out like I was a mother-loving man when I walked in. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but when I got in the car, though, I damn near disappeared. I shrunk down so little in that seat. I took that shit out so fast. He going to cry in the car. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> hey, man, you live and you learn, man. I, I always tell my kids, that's, that wasn't a loss. That was a lesson. Hey, man. You know that the losses are way greater than the, the wins. So that, that makes the losses a win. No doubt. No doubt. Where does religion fit in, in, in acting in, in Hollywood and trying to make it? it you know, we, we ain't got to get too deep because we know what Hollywood comes with that. When you bring up religion in Hollywood and all that. But, like, I feel like you there, there's some stuff you got to kind of turn a blind eye to, man. And... and I think religion, I think Hollywood is like America when it comes to religion. From what I've seen, they're pretty loose on it. A lot of them don't want any religion, like really. Um, But as as far as it goes, when it it comes to placism, it's it's like everything else. It's, you know, if if you are an Italian actor, know your place. If yeah. you're a black actor, really, it's like everything else. Know your place. If you're a Jewish actor, you know where your place is. You number fucking one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, we brought I brought up Kanye the, uh, earlier, and you know, you brought up the Jewish thing. So, and we know he kind of got canceled and went through his heat with the media and everything for saying what he said about about the Jewish faith and all that, and and. It's not like he's he was wrong, but it's just you know all the extra stuff. You he know, I don't even it. know what he said about the Jewish faith. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't. I don't know what he said or or with what what happened with, uh, with Kyrie. With Kyrie. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't even know what was said. Well, all well, I know is is that you have a right to think what you want to think. Why should I not have a right? to think what I want to think. And that's for any person on the planet. If you think that you have a right to think something and that I don't, how dare you? Who are you to tell me that I can't think when you can think for yourself? 
but I need to listen to what you say, but you shouldn't have to listen to me. Well, well, earlier we were talking about etiquette, right? And and there's a way you got to move out of here when you want to rub elbows and, and climb to a certain certain level, especially in, in <laughs> acting and, and anything, really. That is true, but I, we, we I, also spoke of... And I think we're just missing that, that particular part right there. And, and, you know, as far as the Jewish thing, is that, is that, can you see it at your level? You in, know, in acting, is it, is it that prevalent? It is. I'll say this. You, you know who you are because you're made to know who you are in this industry. When you say that, you mean like, as far as an actor, you say if you're, if you're a black actor, what, you're expected to know how to dance? You you better know how to dance. You better Italian, know how to sing too. If you're an Italian actor, you better learn how to be a gangster. I won't go that far. Mm-hmm. What I'm what I'm saying is is everybody there is an unwritten rule to where everybody knows who the man is. You know who not to mess with. People know who not to say stuff about because they've got certain people listening. And that's the part Kanye was missing. That's it. And Kyrie, that's really it. They, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know what they were missing. All I know that, is that's is, it. What you said. I mean, I mean, I, I think in the entertainment business, you you don't come out and, and talk down on Jewish people. Whether that's right or wrong, whatever. That's a different argument. You don't argument. talk down on anybody. Anybody. There you go. That's a, if you. But have my that. thing is, if you if you have a statement to be made now, Kanye is intentionally overtly disrespectful Yeah, he is. time after time after time. So why? I don't know. I can't speak for that man. That's who he is. That's how he responds to stimuli, I guess. <laughs> uh, Kyrie don't really know him. I know they call him controversial because he won't follow the status quo. But, you know, we'd all be controversial at that level. You know, you give us a, a million dollars. Hey man, you you younger, a million, a hundred million. You see, and so two, three hundred. At that age, with that amount of money, and and I yeah, wouldn't, I wouldn't listen too much. Everybody either. ain't LeBron. Right. You know, everybody can't just have total control and autonomy over everything that they have right. to where they feel like that's all they have. Some people want to be able to, like I said, wake up in the morning with that sunshine. And and let it shine down on them, and have it not be a burden. Because the the things we do a lot of times, it can create a a burdensome situation. And even within that, you want to be able to find peace and, and move. Every man want to move in peace, but you still got to be able to go to sleep at night. And when you take that away from someone, it, it likens it to slavery. I feel a little bit, a little bit. And and on that note, before we started, you said being an actor is like being a prostitute. Yes. Explain that, man. Well. Now, now you mean just on a simple, on a just base level? Just, well, hey, a director tells you to do this. Yeah. Producer tells you to do that. Yeah, because there's been. You pro- have to do this to get this money. I mean, that's, I mean, you know. That's been up, that's yeah. all of us though. Bend right? over like this, hold it right there. That's, <laughs> now be that's, quiet though. I don't want you to say nothing. Just <laughs> shut up. But that's all of us though, right? <laughs> well, no, <laughs> no, because because if 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 uh, you look at the history of podcasting, it didn't start out with whoring. 
Well, no, there's freedom in podcasting. Yeah, there's it, a lot you of did, freedom. You didn't yeah. start out with prostitutes. That's the original actors were prostitutes. They were actresses. They were prostitutes. So it, it has evolved in the in the saloons back in the day, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't even saloons. They was just probably sitting in 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 uh, huts with it, straw on caves, top of them. caverns. And but it's. It, it the original the originality of it is, I mean the origin of it is, uh, to me, nothing that you can can start from something and it doesn't stay that way. You can't get rid of that culture, and that's why you hear now with this Harvey Weinstein and all of this that's been going on since the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just now whatever agenda is at play is at play. I don't choose to assume to know, but, you know, now is the time for it. Uh, toxic masculinity, which you shouldn't have never accepted it. Yeah. And because, uh, like I said, everybody ought to be treated fair. I don't care who he is. Man, woman, dog, child. Well, I mean, I ain't going to treat no dog like no human. No. I ain't that guy. No. But everybody should be treated equal. And in this industry, and even now, it's not that way. They still treat women that were, I've been on sets then. I'm like, I can't believe they still doing this. Sure, yeah. But you, yeah. like you said, though, there's a certain etiquette to where you can't talk about it. And you can't say anything. It has to be someone strong enough to be willing to get everything taken away. What What does the, the, the SAG and the union and the actors union... You know, for, for actors who are saying the type of things that you're saying, you know, whether it's misconduct on the set. They um, protect all of that. But if you get into something that's not popular, then they won't even have anything to do with you. No one will touch you. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we see that. You know, you, that's why people are scared to, to come out and, and, and voice their opinion and, you know, blow the whistle in the first place but i mean that does does this so-called union actors union and all that do they even do anything because i feel like that would be the first would that be the first stop someone would make who have have those type of complaints it depends on the complaint you got to make sure that you are within you got to make sure you driving within the lanes of what they expect in order for them to respond for you because you got to understand if somebody like Kyrie, or let's say The Rock. The Rock got the full backing of them folks. No but you let him go and say something like, and I don't know what Kyrie them say, but let them say something like that. Right, right. Let him say that, he's done. And SAG ain't going to support him. They're not, they not going to drop him because they, they're, you know, he's a part of that union and he pays his dues, and that's not a reason to drop him. Yeah. But, no, nah, they're not going to go fight for him. Heck no. They, because they, don't nobody want to get in that when you start talking about because for some reason or another, Jewish people are. They're the only ones that you can't talk about in the country. And everybody else you can talk and make fun of. Yeah. But if you do, yeah, if you say something, man, you're in trouble. And that's, that's the true. truth. That's true, man. And, I, and I've brought, I brought that up in, in my last couple of a podcast just to get people's uh, opinion on that. They scared I, to talk. And, well, I mean, not 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 everybody. The last few folks I've had, had you know, hadn't had an issue talking about it. But 
I, my my shock that I keep saying is that the fact that Kanye is shocked. Like you've been at the top of the game of music and fashion for years, and you ain't come across any Jewish folks. You know, and and this has been the issue for a long, long time. I mean, you know, you you always hear comedians crack jokes about that. Well, to me, I thought it was understood. Well, to me, Kanye, just me. So, you know, my opinion don't mean that just one person. But he is he's controversial for a reason. And that is that's just his whole shtick. Well, when he period. Anything and, I want to push, let me get controversial. That's it. And then yeah. the less popular his music became, the more controversial he became. He ran to Jesus, man. Until he, until he, <laughs> ran, and now he's not even relevant anymore. <laughs> right, right, basically. So, basically. And, and they allowed him to do that to himself. But when you get in this industry, you got to realize how you come in here is how you have to stay because if you choose to shift, like I told you earlier, there's always somebody watching you, and they're gonna see that shift. And when you shift, you change. Yeah. And when you change, you can't be trusted. So you gotta hold yourself like an old school man, or like someone who goes with the rules of the industry and whatever that entails. How how has this industry and your experiences? What As an actor, say? how has that say. changed you at all? It's made me more cautious because I, as a comedian, I used to feel that I had the opportunity to take people away from the silly things of their day by coming up with scenarios from their life with a twist, you know, making it real, but just adding a twist to it. But then they took the twist out. And so... All you have is reality, and don't nobody want to laugh at that. Yeah. Because people only want to laugh at pain and misery. Don't nobody want to laugh at nothing great. You tell me how awesome your life going and on stage. Ain't nobody laughing at that. But you talk about how horrible things are. Your girl left you. She hit you in your balls before she walked out the door, told all your friends you've been. Like, they'll sit there and laugh at Because that's reality, though. That's reality. Even if you got everything going great in your life, got all the money in the world, I swear it's something that ain't going. You know, you got a crackhead family member or something. You got something, you know, and that's that's the funny shit. You know, reality is the real is is the funniness. But now you can't even express reality because they made it, it look like confusing. there is no such thing. It's confusing now. You know, just imagine everybody. Like imagine the folks who are like we're literally in a time where. Things that we came up hearing and listening and thinking and knowing, not true, man. You know, straight up lies. There have been, you know, documentaries and whole movies and whole books made about just straight up lies yeah. that this country and government has, has, has given to us. So imagine if you're a youngster in this in this time or even somebody our age. You know, hell, I've fallen into the YouTube Matrix a couple of times and looked at some of these crazy documentaries. I think everybody's done that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're like, damn, what what should I believe? What is right? What is wrong? I don't I think I know what's right and wrong. But, you know, what is true? What is false? There is a universal right and wrong, you know, and major is you don't you don't take people's property. You don't hurt people. I mean, those are two things that are just the beginning factor of universal. That doesn't even have to be a law to no, know no. that that's wrong 
to go and take something. If I was to steal this from you or or go yeah. and hurt someone intentionally, like that's a universal right and wrong. Yeah, there shouldn't have to be any laws, but we own we got over a million of them. So now we got to figure out how to live within those, the ones that were not designed for us. So how do you do that successfully? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a confusing part, man. That's a confusing part. Pass that message on to your kids the right way. And um, you, you said earlier that you wouldn't do any homosexual roles uh, there's a, you know, to the conspiracy theorists out there, there's an, people love to throw this word around there, there's an agenda, you know, like there's a list, there's like 10 things on this little notepad and we're checking off there's an, an agenda to push the homosexual uh, uh, culture. And do you have an issue or, I know you don't have an issue with folks who do take on homosexual roles, but do you think there's an, an agenda to purposely get the black man to, you know, let, let, listen, my man's killing it right now. Jonathan Majors, right? Uh, uh, the Creed, uh, he's in Creed. He was in, uh, what was it, Ant-Man and all that, right? He's killing it right now. Um, but damn, he's taking some suspect-ass pictures with the with the thigh-high boots and, the, and, the, and, you know, you know, this whole just dress however you want to type of culture we got going on right now. Is there an agenda to, to, to feminize the black man? I don't I don't know. I don't think there is. One thing I will say, I was talking to my lady the other day. We know there's gay people all over this world. At some point, they were going to break into the politics and the legislation part of the thing, side of things. We know there's tons of politicians that love to cross-dress and have secret gay, go to secret gay parties and all that. We know that happens. I think at some point it was inevitable for those people to seek out in the politics and, and, and gay politicians wanting to, to, to free up that side of their lifestyle. That doesn't mean that there's an agenda to, to make us fall under that, under that rule. I think that just means that there's a lot of gay folks in politics and some of their, their, their thinking and ideologies is, is coming out to the forefront now. They have some power that they can make some shit move now. And I think it's been like that for a while, but it's just taken till now to, for them to get the power. Um, do you think that's 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 the case in in Hollywood? I'm sure you've seen the video where we got all the all the top black actors. At some point, they had to put a dress on Whatever and, you say. Whatever you say. and 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 do some gay shit. I don't. You fall. You fall. You fall to that 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 type of thinking. I don't. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real with you. I don't think of it in that sense. The way I see it is, is that there is a greater presence among us that is trying to destroy the masculine, because if they can, if they can achieve that, then they can take over the natural feminine, because the masculine is what protects the the the, the natural feminine. To me, and and some people call it old school. But the way I see it is if you snatch the man, we've already seen what it does to the family. Mm -hmm. If you snatch the man away from being there to protect the woman, that's who they're after. Because the woman controls everything. And you know this, I know this. Everything we do 
is really, in a sense, to leave our legacy behind. And it takes a woman to be there to do that because she got that portal, that womb, yeah. to give us that. And so we die. We work our butts off. And, you know, we take men take a lot of bull crap and saying how horrible men are. Men are this to women. But, you know, uh, most of the brothers I know, they're not going to work out there busting their butt all the time, man, because they don't like they woman. Right. You know, y'all got issues right. and that y'all need to figure out. But, like, in my mind of knowing from what I see, it's not just the acting. It's every inch of society. A woman doesn't need a man anymore. They don't need him anymore. They'll tell you that. But it's by design. You, so you, you think so? It's by design. I know it is. If you, if you look at, there are certain things that you have to consider. And when you, take, when you start to take a look at all the stuff that's been going on with the inner cities, what they're finding in the water, and with that alone, if you look at some of those chemicals that are in the water, it shows you that it reverses the sexes. <laughs> with this, with 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 this, with with marijuana, it shows you that it over time it feminizes men. It, yeah, it it, it uh, what uh, alters the testosterone. Yes, lessens the testosterone. Yes, I've heard that. You know, hey, listen, I I don't know as far as what's in the water. I don't, I don't know about that one, Joe. I Bro, mean, I, I'm telling I got, you. I guess I gotta look into that. Hey, it's the parts per million of the things that they're allowing in our water, the drinking water out of the faucet. That's why there ain't, a, there ain't been a day in the last 10 years I've had a sip of drinking water since I've learned this. No, nah, I'm uh, in Midwest City. The, the, water, the faucet water here is terrible. It's uh, terrible I, I got everywhere. A, I got a water machine in my house. had one for the last 20 years. Yeah, I can't do, I can't do tap. Yeah, water. ionized. I can't do it. The ionizing yeah. machine is the that's the best yeah. because what it does is it put ions in your body, yeah. which which lifts your your uh, acidity content. It gets rid of all that acid in your body and it makes you more alkaline. Which your alkaline being, you basically you stay you stay healthier when you're at an alkaline state, not eating all that acidic foods, and like that's really that water is the key to what they're doing with this whole situation and people will call it a conspiracy or whatever. And I'm cool (laughs) with that because they're the ones saying you can go on the government websites and see what the stuff is in the water. And then you go look at the chemicals in the water and then do the damn research yourself. Yeah. I don't, I don't get that. I don't get, I don't get the the water catching on fire and and the brown water. I don't, I don't understand what, what the issue is with that, man. I mean, and, and even the water that looks good, you're right. I mean, there's all type of shit in this water, man. Who knows? And you can test um, it yourself, man. Yeah. They got water testers. You All you got to do is go and they give them out for free at these little old uh, places. They be trying to sell these water treatments for mm-hmm. your home. They give out the kits all day. You just go and they'll give them to you because they want you to know what's in the water. Yeah. So you'll buy their system. But, yeah. man, it's it's horrific what's going on. It really is, and like to without even to speak too deep, uh, we're in a whole new time now. Things of old have changed. It's over. There is there will never be 
a good old day in the mold like it nah, used to be. Nah, pre-pandemic will never be again. Yes, that's over. It's, it will never be again, man. Party's you know? over. What did that do? I mean, I know it shut some some production down in the in the in the movie game. Um, I was good. I, I you, filmed you two good? movies during COVID. See there, most actors. <laughs> See there, my oh, man hustling over here. He said we getting it in. Yeah, one of them I mean, yet I, to come out. So how how was that? Was that was it? I mean, I guess you couldn't do. It was too easy to do a movie about the pandemic, right? Yeah, and then people didn't want to touch it. It's too soon, yeah. you know, and you still can't touch it because you can't even say the word. You got to be careful what you say because now ag- al- algorithms are listening to you. Yeah. And if you put certain videos out, they'll cancel you off of Facebook, YouTube. Yeah. They're like, they will, and like just for saying a word. Nah, yeah, you, 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 put, you put your post out there, they'll let you know uh, where you get this from. Uh, wrong information. Yeah. What, what is this? Uh, you, you need to And that's ridiculous, this. man. I don't know. I can't say I'm mad at that. You know, um, I can because people ought to be able to discern. Well, you're right because some well, people ain't got the mental capacity. To right. I mean, and, and I can't lie. I, I I read headlines and keep scrolling. And say, huh? You don't say. No, I, know, man, I, mean, I get the researching on your ass. You know, but I'm, I mean, that, that's what we should do. I'm just saying, the average person, they just read headlines and yeah, keep them moving. Yep. And, I'll be and re- believing I, that. I go straight to the research, you know? man. Like, seriously, you don't talk about stuff you don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. Josiah Overstreet, dude. Uh, listen, man, this is a deep guy. He's not just out there just acting and clowning for y'all. I don't think it's white folks. I think it's Negroes. I do not think this is white folks. It could be. It could be white folks. But I think it's Negro. I think a Negro did this. This is the Whatever You Say podcast.